We are go. Asia Tech Podcast. Graham Brown with Victor Zhang. Victor Zhang, co-founder, co-founder and CEO of Alpha Wallet. Yes. Victor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Graham. It's nice to meet you too. Where are you from originally? I born in China, but spent on, uh, the past around 13 years in Australia, Sydney. Right. And then we decided to do this startup. We moved the whole team from Sydney to uh, Singapore uh-huh. la- uh, last year. Good. So you're multinational. Uh, no, I'm still holding Chinese passport. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, you've lived all over. You went to college in Australia, right? Yes. So, okay. I did my Master of IT degree. Yeah. Where are you Australia. from in China? Uh, northeast part. Right. Uh, you know the place called Harbin? Yeah, yeah, I know Harbin. Yeah, which is close, uh, very Asia. close to Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a startup scene there, isn't there, now in Harbin, no? I think they sort of expl- that they're building that big mega city around Beijing and Harbin, right? So no, no, no. no. Har- Harbin is uh, quite far from Beijing. Is it's it? the northeast part, almost oh. at the the very, very edge right, of, the, of, the, right. of the China. Yeah. What yeah. age did you move to Australia? Uh, after my bachelor. Oh. Which is, uh, I think, around, twi- uh, around 20 something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. So today we're going to talk about Alpha Wallet. Yep. We're going to talk about your journey as an entrepreneur as well. And you're, you're the kind of entrepreneur that I like on this show, Victor, because you're a hustler. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're a man who grew up selling, right? Yes, uh, you've yes. got a, a long career in sales. I, I was a sales guy as well. Actually, interestingly, Marcus Evans. Marcus Evans. Marcus Ooh. Evans, I know very well. I've worked okay. with Marcus Evans many years ago okay. in telecoms, right? So ah. for those people that don't know, Marcus Evans is an events company, right? Yes. So um, one, one of the, you know, f- they grew very, very fast and they had a very, very, not aggressive, but very successful very sales. Aggra- you can say very aggressive. Oh, okay. Sales team. What was the environment like there? Because you, I'm just looking here, Victor. You were at Marcus Evans for how many years now? Uh, I think a few, five, six, five, six, five, yes. six years. Yeah. And you, you say here that you were the top sales guy worldwide. Yes. Right. Yeah, for two years. For two years. Yes. What was the competition like? It's uh, around two thousand salespeople globally. Yeah. 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 Two thousand. You were number one. Yes. What What did you have to do? differently to become the number one sales guy in the world it's a uh, i think so uh, for, for for sales is uh, sometimes it's more like a number game yeah you know? it all depends on how much effort you put in right yeah uh-huh. so you can see from my past experience when i uh, when i first time joined the joined the uh, sales uh, for mark sevens group as uh, starting with very a junior sales position yeah and it's quite interesting for the first six months is i, I, d- I don't have any sales at all Right, yeah, and I received the three times written notice warning. Yeah, asking get me, out. He asked me to leave. If you don't <laughs> have anything, bring in. Then within two weeks' time, you should leave. But you stayed. Yeah, I, I received three times. Right, but the the reason of uh, they didn't kick me off, and also I didn't resign because the, they didn't kick me off because I'm working very hard. Yeah, if uh, if normal people they uh, contact uh, because the I begin is cold call, they make yeah. a one hundred cold call a day. Then yeah. I make two hundred. Yeah, yeah. So that and was your strategy. If the yeah. The guy was making the guy on the si- the desk sitting next to you was making a hundred. You were making two hundred. Yes, that is the. That you did two hundred cold calls a day. Yes, that is the what, beginning. Actual calls or actual yes, conversations? Act, act, uh, actual calls. The conversation around the they have a KPI. Normally, it's uh, twenty conversations right, need to right. made at least. They're your but numbers. I, I always have to try to double it. Two hundred yeah. a day. Yeah. How, how was that as a an it's, environment? It's, it's tough. tough. It's a very tough. Uh, it's a very tough sales role. Yeah. But I have a, a principle that is uh, since I'm very young, I never fail on anything. Yeah. So I, I cannot afford this uh, this kind of uh, a future. 
Yeah. So I have to I have to I have to keep it going. So that is why after six months, I bring in a record deal for the whole uh, Mark Seven City right. office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and starting from that point, it seems like uh, I found the right way to to do this kind of job. Yeah. And then it's just uh, all the way. Uh, all the way good the so rest is history yes. right so i want to talk about that and that in the context of your entrepreneurial career the fact that you were born in sales if you like yes. you learned your career in sales yes. i i did as well and there's a lot of startups today who can't sell and there's sort of experience and advice that you can sort of download to them as well and we'll talk about alpha wallet as well and what you're doing there my background was in financial services. Oh. So back in the 90s, I was doing cold calling for life assurance and pensions. Yeah, and again, it was 120 cold yes. calls a day. You'd go through the phone book. Yes. And you would start at A, and you know maybe by next month you got to B, and yes. you would phone all the people in the phone book. You'd phone them up, and people like they obviously were quite rude to you, and it was hard. Some people were interested back then. The lucky part for, for, for us is uh, I'm, I'm working in a, uh, a special business unit for Mark Seven. It's mm-hmm. called the THG Sports. Right. And for that unit, we, we're selling really expensive uh, product to C-level executives. Right. So for those people, normally they are, they are not rude. Yeah, but, right. but they are they are they're very busy. Very difficult yeah. to get hold of. So, when you're phoning C-level executives, yes. that's a strategy in itself. You've got the gatekeeper, often yes, the assistant, all those things. Yes. right? And sometimes I used to do that as well. When I used to phone people who they were directors of companies, I'd phone them at seven in the morning because mm. that was the only time yeah, I could get hold of. Yes. Or you have a special strategy to deal with their assistant. I I I, I did something quite quite different. It's yeah. the it, I, I go through a tough way. Because normally there's many suggestions or experience telling you to give some uh, stories or give some uh, things, try to uh, kind of uh, cheat yeah, the gatekeepers. Or, yeah. But I, I, I just don't like it. Yeah, so I, I always go through the more difficult part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, either I, I tell them exactly the truth or I will try to make the gatekeeper from the very beginning already feel Although I don't tell any stories, but they already feel I'm also another like a very important person from yeah. a very important company. So when they heard my voice, they they just put me through directly. Yeah. So that is that is that is the the way how I did it, and also because I have the like um, uh, more uh, a technology background mm. when I started. So I always try to use all different of tools like all the internet tools to research and do some. Uh, uh, check some there's many there's many many uh, interesting things like um when those people are attending many of the events and those event companies actually not really keep those uh, information as a sensitive information mm. so they just leave it in their database somewhere and it's uh, it's not like not not like a real hack but it's just, just very easy to use uh, uh, google with some uh, with some uh, uh, command and then you can easily pull out those uh, those ah. informations then you get directly mobile number for those people interesting yeah. So you were ahead of your time. Mm, yeah, you can say that. Maybe, maybe they close yeah. those loopholes now, but but still, there's there's many that th- those people don't really care yeah, about. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But okay, how do those lessons apply now? Now you're in Alpha Wallet. We'll talk about Alpha Wallet in a in a minute. But you're in a business which is very technologically focused. Where where does a salesperson come into that? How do you apply the lessons that you picked up from being the best salesperson in the world in your business for two years. It's quite, 
it's, it's very different style of business. Yeah. The first thing. And that the thing I can bring to Alpha Wallet is the, of course, my existing network. Yeah, with all those C-level peoples around the Asia Pacific region. Yeah, that is uh, that is one of the key thing. And the second thing is uh, of course the BD capabilities mm. to bring in more partners to support our growth. Yeah. And then the next thing is because uh, if you see my uh, uh, past experience, so after the uh, sales BD and uh, and then convert more to the management part. So I know how to manage a team and especially my previous company is also a startup from mm. uh, from Spanish is quite successful. So I learned from the how to build up the team from zero in the country, how mm. to set up office, all those things. So these are all the uh, valuable experience and skill I can contribute to uh, Alpha Wallet. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like you're still selling now? Yeah, still. How, how still do you sell now? But it's, uh, I imagine it's, you're not doing 200 calls a day, are you? Uh, no, not, not in that way. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, more, it's more on the marketing and PR side. Mm. So it's uh, more like a selling to mass of people, not really selling to uh, one people or one company. Yeah. Mm. But although still we need to do some BD with partnerships. Yeah. yeah. Good. Mm. Excellent. Let's talk about Alpha Wallet. Yeah. Let's have a look at the pitch deck. So That's you great. kindly shared your pitch deck with us. So if we can have a look at that. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to click through uh, some of these slides. Is this one going to be uh, live as well? This one's going, this is recorded. Is this an, an older version of your? No, but, but it's ugly. It's, uh, ah. it's, it's, not, it's not really a pitch deck. <laughs> because right. we, no, we, we, we didn't pitch to like uh, any uh, public or, uh, or uh, investors or something. Well, so we'll just pick out the key points, okay. all right? So we're not going to flick through the whole thing. I think <laughs> okay. this this bit's not ugly. We've got some good-looking folk here. So Thank you. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the team first. Um, so the, these are the four co-founders of yes. Alpha Wallet. Tell me a little bit about how you guys met. I noticed you have the same name as your co-founder. Is that a coincidence or are you related? It's, it's a coincidence. All right, okay. Yeah. And we also uh, have the same age. There you go. Yeah. What, what's the what's the genesis of that? Where did you folks meet? Sorry. Where did you meet? No, it's it's a it's a very interesting story, and many people don't don't even believe, because for me, uh, I'm a uh, uh, I'm in the ticketing industry before, mm -hmm. and uh, when I doing those uh, those um, those part of job, I also uh, start many technology startups just for fun. So I always watching all those uh, technology things. And two years ago, I start. Uh, looking at the Bitcoin and all those mm. uh, uh, blockchain technologies. And since then, I, I realized these things can really transform the whole uh, ticketing market, the ticketing industry. Mm. So I've been trying to form a team just to help me to solve the problem for ticketing. Ticketing? That is, yeah, that is from my side. Well, what is the problem with ticketing? Ticketing is a huge problem. For example, they have the uh, uh, ticket fraud. Uh -huh. Like uh, duplicate tickets, yeah. fake tickets, those things, and also they have a, a for popular events they have a huge secondary market. If the if the primary market is uh, you say uh, like one, mm. and then the secondary market sometimes can be one hundred. Use the uh, like a FIFA or Olympic games yeah, yeah. as example. Resellers effectively, yes. like scout touts and yeah. scalpers as they but, call it. But you can call it a problem. But on the other hand, it also benefit the event organizer yeah, as well yeah. because each person participate in the secondary market. They yeah. are actually helping event organizer right. to promoting their events. They're market makers, aren't yes. they? In the traditional sense of. But uh, the problem for event organizer is. Um, the uh, first thing they don't have the exactly number mm. how many people participate in the in the secondary market. Right. If they don't have this exactly number, they cannot sell it to sponsors. They cannot calculate those number. And the second thing is although the market itself is huge, mm. 
but the amount of leather cannot get a cut from the secondary market. They mm. don't have the tools. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have the tools to really regulate the secondary market. They are not following their rules. Yeah, although they can write some words on the ticket saying, right. okay, this ticket you cannot resell. If you resell, you cannot put on margin, but no one will follow You it. can't enforce yes. it, can you? The guy, even in the, the parking lot outside, could be yes. selling those tickets. You can't enforce it. All right, well, we'll dive into that in a minute. The team itself, where do they come from? So yes, yourself it's and quite, It's very interesting. So to, so I've been looking for people doing blockchain, and my, my co-founder, uh, Wei Wuzhang, who is the CTO, and uh, he used to uh, work for the Commonwealth Bank, which is the largest finance institute. Yeah. He worked there, there as the uh, blockchain architect for the past two years mm -hmm. before he joined the, the before before we formed the Alpha Wallet. And he's also uh, expert in cr uh, cryptography and uh, uh, one of the global architect for R3 Coda, which mm -hmm. is the largest uh, uh, blockchain alliance for all the banks. So you have a strong technical background. And for the other co-founder, James Brown, he's the used to be the chief engineer for blockchain team in CBA mm -hmm. as well. The other three co-founder, they are all from CBA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, James Brown is a very experienced uh, um, uh, developer. He has been uh, doing development for the past over twenty years. Mm -hmm. And and one of the thing is uh, interesting is uh, he used to write the compiler for PS3, mm -hmm. and that compiler actually. Over sixty percent of PS3 game is running through his compiler. Really? Yeah, very, very, very technical person. Mm -hmm. And another guy is an interesting guy. Is the youngest guy in, in our team, uh, born in 19, 1993, James mm -hmm. Sangali, and he holding three three countries passport: uh -huh. Switzerland, the uh, Netherlands, and uh, New Zealand. Ah. And he he got the um, he can go to the college. The college accept him. But he used all the all the all the education fund he's got from his family to buy Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, he had been traveling around the world, around twenty countries, just to promoting Bitcoin. Yeah. He's a kind of a, a crazy believer at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you need that, right? You need those people who are the yeah, passionate about yes. it, right? They believe it because yeah. they have to go and sell that to the wider public, don't yes. they? Okay. And after that, he he go to uh, Australia. And yeah. Wei Wuzhang uh, recruit him into CBA. Uh -huh. That is a very special. CBA will be in the Commonwealth Bank of Australia. Commonwealth Bank of yeah. Australia. It's, it's a very, biggest bank. Yeah. yeah, it's a very special uh, recruitment because mm. he don't have a college degree. Yeah, and uh, recruit into CBA, join the blockchain team. Starting package is uh, right. two hundred thousand. Yeah, so it's a so it's this kind of amazing life he have. Yeah, yeah. but you have. I, I guess that's the point. Point about blockchain is that the rules have changed right and yeah. it, you've got to apply that to recruitment as well you can't have necessarily have somebody who's got a phd in cryptocurrency or yeah. blockchain because we're not even there yet it doesn't exist so yeah, you've got to have those people who are the crazy believers as you yes. say and on. also the crazy believer is one one part and also we said when he interviewed uh, around 20 people uh, although other people from very strong technical background mm. uh, they they understand the technologies but none of them really read through the white paper from Santoshi, the, the Bitcoin white yeah. paper. And this young man, although he's not have a very strong technical background, but he's spending a lot of time and he really reads through the paper. And mm. he get the point, he understand, he learned it by himself. So that is the very uh, impressive part why, why we would decide to recruit him. Yeah. So after he joined the CBA, then he become like a, like a, like a student under uh, Wei Wu and uh, James Brown. 
he learned uh, all the things from these two guys and then uh, start working together. Mm. And now actually our first protocol, which is published in uh, March this year, and the document is uh, is uh, uh, written by James Angali. Mm. Yeah, he's uh, he's already yeah already one of the best people in writing smart contracts. Right, as right, well. and the one who didn't go to college yeah. for that. Yeah. So there you go. There's a lesson in that maybe. Yeah. So that is the background for the people. Okay. How good. we met is uh, like um, uh, I I sent the first message to Wei Wuzhang, which is uh, last November, and that is on Wednesday. And after, uh, and then we asked me, uh, what kind of blockchain project are you looking for? I, I this is when he was at CBA. Yeah, he's still yep. with oh, okay. CBA during that time. So I asked him uh, when, uh, I, I told him I, I want to use it on ticketing. Hmm. And that is on Wednesday. And on Saturday, uh, he fly to Singapore to meet me. Now yeah. During that time, I'm in Singapore. He fly to Singapore to meet me, and then we spent two days, the, the weekend, at a, at, a, at a hotel just to... Uh, chat with each other. Yeah. My wife even warned warned me. So you do, you only know this guy three days, less right. than less than ten uh, conversations, and you are going to meet meet him. And he said he fly from Australia to meet right. you. It's kind of crazy. You need to be careful. Did you think it was crazy? I think it's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. did it feel right or wrong? But 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 I I didn't feel right or wrong. Mm. But I I see it as a uh, as an opportunity. Mm. Yeah, if you don't catch it, then it will it will lose. Right. So it's a, no matter what kind of things I I need to what kind of risk I'm going to take, I want to yeah. take the opportunity. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Good. Well, that's a very interesting background. I want to fast forward, if we may, Victor, yeah. to your case study because this will help people understand what it is that you do. Can we talk a little bit about your case study here? Yeah, that is, a, that is that is that is yeah, you can say it's a, it's Alpha Wallis case study, but mm. it's, on the other hand it's a, it's actually developed by this company called the Shenkai Sports. Yeah. So they use uh, a ERC875 protocol and also use Alpha Wallis platform to develop uh, their own use case. So that is Talking about ownership is actually belongs to them. It's their their own uh, their use case, but mm -hmm. they are using our technologies. Yeah. Okay. So, so who are, who are Shanghai? What what do they do? Yeah, Shanghai Sports is uh, is the exclusive uh, agent for FIFA in Great China region, mm. looking after mainland China, Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan. Yeah. And besides the partnership with FIFA, they are also the exclusive agent for UEFA. Right. And they are bidding for the uh, rights for. Uh, IOCs as well, yeah. and along with other small events. Like so that they sell resell the tickets yes. for FIFA into China. Yes, and here we've just obviously seen the World Cup this year, mm. and obviously Russia 2018. We'll talk about this case study in yes. a bit. I saw very interestingly the the headline data on the number of Chinese tourists attending the Russia World Cup, and there were. Oh, bear in mind, there were no China. There was no China team in the World yeah. Cup. <laughs> England, who are obviously a traditional uh, footballing nation, yeah. had thirty-one thousand tickets sold to English fans, yeah. and they were in the World Cup. There were thirty-seven thousand tickets sold to Chinese tourists, which is interesting because a there was no China team. What would happen if there was a China team in the World Cup in terms of ticket sales? It would be just phenomenal. There'd be ten yes. times, maybe a hundred times, and it's a lot of money as well to of go course. to. From China to Russia, I know physically they're next to each other, but in, you know to travel across the countries, it's it's several thousand kilometers. Plus, yeah. you've got to find a hotel. Plus, you've got to buy the tickets. It's thousands of dollars, right? Yes. 
So there's a big demand in China. It's just amazing how many tickets they were buying. So tell us a little bit about actually this case study. What what happened? How did it work? And what was the problem that you were solving? Yeah, the the problem we have a uh, talk a little uh, we talk a little bit about the problem already, like the uh, ticket fraud mm. and the uh, secondary market, all those things. But for in, in in this experiment, I want to call it as an experiment. It's not like a real, um, uh, largely applied on business already. It's mm. a, it's more like an experiment. So what they do is uh, I just ex explain what they what they did. So the first thing is uh, in uh, in June, uh, Shenkai Sports they spend they spend around two weeks time, uh, based on our technologies to develop. Uh, the first thing is uh, they deployed one smart contract. Uh, under the ERC A uh, A7 A75 standard, mm -hmm. put it on Ethereum network, and with that smart contract, they issued 200 non-fungible token, mm -hmm. and each of the token are representing one unique seat uh, for for one match for one FIFA match. That is one thing. And on the other hand, they develop a small ticketing application inside Alpha Wallet platform, and that ticketing application can transform the token to display it as a uh, tickets and mm -hmm. it can be transformed into a dynamic QR code uh, changing every 13 second working offline uh, as an uh, evidence to to check at the gate mm -hmm. and they can go in so this is the things uh, uh, from the technical side what they did and after that on their website they published an announcement telling all their customers they are going to do an experiment mm. to test the blockchain a solution for ticketing to see whether they will face any problem and what it will, how it goes. Right. And uh, when they, when in terms of the oper operation, what they do is uh, they randomly uh, select uh, 50 users because they have a website to sell tickets. Mm. They just randomly pick up 50 users from the uh, 50 consumers, real consumers, no idea about blockchain, no idea right, about right. technology, just yeah. want to go for the for the game. Randomly pick up 50 people. So those 50, 50 people, instead of receiving uh, a traditional uh, paper tickets, they give them a choice to choose whether you want to go through the traditional way or you want to experience a digital ticket solution. Right. They yeah. didn't mention about block. They didn't right. mention about yeah, blockchain. Yeah. Just yeah. ticketing. Yeah. Okay. So what would that be? In what format would that digital ticket look? Uh, in the in the email, it's it's a it's a link. Yeah. We call it a magic link. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, if the user actually there's only 28 people choose yeah. to use the digital um, solution. Yeah. So those 28 real people are actually using the blockchain tickets watch mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. So in the email is a is a link. We call it a magic link. That is the developed uh, based on the technology ERC A75. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when people click that link, they open up a landing page. Mm -hmm. That page uh, tell them what is inside the tickets mm -hmm. and also. Uh, the second step is that if you want to import the tickets, you need to download uh, one application. That mm. application is called the Alpha Wallet. And after you download it, then you just copy the click copy the link again. Mm -hmm. You open the wallet. The wallet will speak to the smart contract and import the tickets. Right. And once it's inside the uh, your uh, once it's inside your wallet, do you want to have a look? Yeah, let's see it. Yeah, let's see it. Have this one. Okay, maybe yeah. if you can hold up to the camera, yes. maybe we can see if that will work. Very quick. Yeah, let's have a look in the example. Yeah. So once, once it. Uh, let's bring it a bit closer. Inside, that's it. Inside your wallet, it, yeah. uh, it looks like this. Uh, now you have uh, two non-fungible token right. FIFA World Cup tickets from yeah. uh, from uh, Shanghai, and if you open it, you select one of the tickets, 
if you select redeem I want to redeem this one is the you can see this is the real tickets although yep. although it's expired already it's a uh, the category is the match club category mm -hmm. and it's the I think it's the first match uh, sorry it's the uh, match uh, uh, match 63 that is the uh, almost uh, close to the final match and that is the uh, loose that is yeah, this is the third third place match that is the loser from uh, group uh, game 61 and against the loser from uh, so that be England Belgium yeah right yeah and uh, the event date is on uh, 14th of uh, June 2018 right and if you click redeem what happened is uh, it uh, transformed to a dynamic QR code. QR code. All right. Would that be the same QR code if, if they weren't to use this solution? The reader on the other side, the at the stadium, they would have to have a reader of the QR code, right? Yes. So that would just be the same system you're plugging into there, right? Y yes. But the, but the thing they do is uh, Shanghai have a special uh, uh, people at, yeah. at there. They, they read the gate and then they still use the, then they give them the physical ticket they still use the physical right. tickets to go in right. because we cannot convince FIFA to change the ah. change the change the facility at the venue right. so, it's just so FIFA like doesn't have electronic readers of tickets at the venue no but the, yes that, but they are reading different format ah, not okay. reading this format yeah. they, they won't do integration uh, with us because okay. it's a lack of experiment they, they cannot afford any problem right so yeah. what, what did you learn from that experiment because it was a very real-world experiment, wasn't it? You weren't just kind of testing like 10 yes. blockchain enthusiasts. You were testing it very much in real the people. wild, real people yes. in a very dynamic situation with, you know, crowds, a lot of tension, stress as yes. well. What did you learn? The first thing we learned is uh, the conversion rates is okay. Because in our uh, uh, imagination, hmm. uh, we send out 50 those uh, invitations, probably only five or only only even less than five people were yeah. really using this uh, <coughs> uh, this um, digital solution. But uh, actually there's 28, which is quite good. So that means the people are okay to download an uh, extra app to experience something uh, more advanced, to experience something new. This is the very positive part. Yeah. And on the other side is uh, we, 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 we found uh, some of, uh, um, like the on the technical side, there are still many things need to improve mm. before this uh, this solution can be largely used by uh, real big business for mm. example if they want to use a 60 uh, 60,000 60, uh, seat venue for one event all blockchain tickets then there probably will will, will have some problem mm. so for example uh, now if you uh, receive the link you click import it's not instantly display because it need to be uh, confirmed by the by the block mm. yeah. so it normally uh, as this one is developed on Ethereum uh, blockchain normally it will take around like a 7 second to 20 second and then it will display this experience is very different from the traditional internet uh, services on internet service when you click you want to see it yeah. immediately We're if it asks you to wait 7, seven, seven seconds oh I will delete it yeah. yeah I won't use it yeah, so, so for example, this kind of thing still need to be uh, uh, improved. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's <coughs> interesting to hear that you understand that and you know that and you're sharing that as well, rather than everything's perfect. Yeah, not perfect. Exactly. So I want to ask you, we've identified what the problem, the challenge is with the ticketing world, yep. right? And in that world, you have some very big players like Live Nation or Ticketmaster, yes. for example, and you have individual organizations like FIFA, yeah. 
or the Olympic Committee, IOC, for example. Now, where, if you to add blockchain to that, where is that push going to come from in solving that problem? Is it going to come from these large organizations? Is it going to come from the venue organizers? Or is it going to come from a platform who may use your technology? Who's going to really champion this and drive blockchain in the ticketing and event space? Event organizer. So who would they be? What sort of big names? Event are organizer like FIFA, yeah, uh, IOC, and uh, each 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 like a uh, uh, soccer games team. Yeah, all those event organizers who really own the events, who organize the events, not those people who, uh, not like those uh, selling platform. For Live example, Nation or uh, Ticketmaster. Live Nation is a, is a different case mm. because Live Nation themselves they are event organizer as well. All right. They organize many those um, uh, musical culture related events so they are both event organizer and ticket selling platform so they they they, they own almost the whole ecosystem mm. yeah but but the more the key benefit is for event organizer, event and, organizer. and the end consumers not yeah. for the the middle part right yeah and <coughs> the event organizers as well are very strong brands consumer brands yes so they have the trust of the consumers for example if you went to yes. an arsenal or a manchester united or a real madrid for example are those the kind of people that would want to use this technology that you could sell yes. to there is no middleman in that you would go and sell your technology directly to them or uh, how would that work uh, be because for, for just clarify one thing for the ticketing uh, use case it's just one experiment we've mm. done with the uh, one external partner we are not focusing on ticketing as mm. a business and uh, after we done this experiment, that's all. We just uh, filed in a report to show the, the to tell the world we have uh, what we have learned and how you can right. use this, and then let other people decide whether they want to uh, go deep on this use case or not. Because for us, we only focus on the uh, protocol and the IFO wallet platform. We right. focus on the, this two layer, not on the use case layer. Right. So that's yeah. one scenario, one use case. What What are the other use cases that this could apply to, so people understand it, not yeah. just in the context of the technology, but where would this touch everyday lives? There can be many use cases. But before that, I, I, I want to answer your previous question. Mm. So like, uh, why the event organizer, they want to use this kind of technology? What is the benefits? Yeah. Mm. The key thing is, as I mentioned, the first thing, uh, all the all the transactions on blockchain, they can calculate exactly number how many audience they have uh, mm. they have covered, and they can convert this number into their uh, revenue. And uh, this is not the, the most important thing. The second important thing, the, the 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 most important thing is now they finally got a s whole set of tools, they can preset all the rules for every single tickets, how they want these tickets to be transferred, to be traded, to be reselled. They can write all those rules mm. inside the smart contract itself. Then later, no matter uh, who want to participate in the market, they have to follow these rules. Give you some uh, sample of the rules. Mm. For example, uh, these tickets can be only transferred once, only transferred one time in the rules. Mm. Then it, 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 it have to... Uh, be transferring that way right that would stop resellers right yes S selling it for a, a real premium on the you know like when yeah. the supply is short for but example. the key thing is not to stop the reseller is to create a, a market which is every every participant not only reseller but mm. primary sellers they all following the same rules mm. no one can uh, over over overcome the rules and another rules for example when this ticket is selling to another person the the transaction uh, revenue 
mm-hmm. part of it will automatically go back to the event organizer. Right. You know, and it can it can even make a, a more complicated complicated rules. For example, if you add ten dollar on it, then five dollar co- go back. If you yeah. add twenty dollar, then ten dollar come back. If you right. add one hundred dollar. Then ninety dollar go back to the market right. If you add five hundred dollar, okay, the transaction fail. It cannot cannot be processed. But they can set all these different rules and overrides and so on. They they, they, they can do all that in yes, the contract. Yeah, in the smart contract. That is the beautiful part of the smart contract. Mm. Of of course, someone may uh, may argue, uh, what what if I I just uh, gave my private key to other person? Mm-hmm. Yes, that can that can happen, right? Mm. Because the, your private key is linked to all your. Uh, blockchain assets. Uh, if you don't sell the asset itself, you give your key to other person. That mm-hmm. can happen. But there's also solutions to solve those problems. For example, the new technology we are working on, which is called the attestation, which can uh, part of the use case is to transform the uh, to make your wallet have the identity function. Mm-hmm. So that means your private key, your wallet, your identity can be linked together. So mm-hmm. once you're linked your identity together, you won't give your identity to other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also once you have identity information inside, it will solve another problem of the event organizer to help them to do different level of KYCs. Mm. For example, this ticket can only transfer to Chinese people. That ticket can only transfer to uh, Singapore uh, people. Where, where would that actually be an issue? Where where would somebody actually want to? Im- Pose that kind of restriction. The, 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 the just example. For example, I give you another example. This ticket can only be transferred to a person who can prove he don't have criminal record. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. The criminal record free can be an attestation inside yeah. your your wallet and linked to your uh, to your private keys. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, so it's w- a it's a whole set of tools. Right. Well, We've talked about ticketing. What else? Usage scenarios. Yeah. So now, uh, for example, for the, for this uh, particular ERC A75 protocol, what they can do is uh, they can uh, give digital asset ownership. Mm-hmm. For example, all the game assets. Yeah. Yeah. You like uh, if you have a sword in the game, mm-hmm. you can transform transform that that digital asset into a non-fungible token on blockchain. Mm-hmm. And once you done that, that that things can exist even the game already disappeared mm-hmm. and you can reuse the same asset in different games there's already many experiments in the market mm-hmm. many game company trying to uh, use this kind of uh, ideas to develop like a, a whole new a totally new category of the of the games yeah and that is the something can use for the uh, game industry mm. and on, on the other hand you can use it as a um, uh, for example like a, a digital identity for physical product and that is also an interesting experiment. Like that we're talking about branded goods, for example, like real brand, yes. like for example, counterfeit versus yep. a real Louis Vuitton bag. How yes. do we know? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yep. Interesting. And even to the extent where you could put those now in vehicles, I know, for example, at the luxury end of cars. Yeah. And we did another uh, experiment uh, with the advertising company uh, in Sydney. Mm. That is, uh, uh, you, you know, at the subway, they have the big screen to display the yeah. advertisement. And what we did is uh, we transformed uh, every three hours use. That means, uh, for example, from uh, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., these mm. three hours, we transformed uh, the use, the, the right to use this uh, screen as one non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. And every three hours, one non-fungible token. So that means that uh, each three hours is, is different. Mm-hmm. So there's a platform to selling those tokens. 
to mm. all the people who want to use the uh, who want to uh, advertise their, their 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 branding or their things. Right. So what 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 happened is when people bought that token, then they can use that token for that three hours advertisement. Mm-hmm. And if they cannot finish it, they can still they can resell it. They mm-hmm. can resell it to other person. Other person who have the token is like a you can imagine it as a, as a key mm-hmm. or as a as a certificate. Once the, once another person have that certificate, he can I- instantly change the 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 picture on the yeah. on that screen mm-hmm. and make that that this kind of a uh, uh, heavy asset easily to be trade in the market mm. this is one of the one of the examples as well right yeah. interesting because I mean, a lot of what you're talking about these markets they exist but they're controlled markets i mean you talk about for example like advertising and yeah. selling real estate in advertising right people are making a lot of money yeah. selling that real estate yes. you're coming in and making it easier and naturally bypassing the middlemen right yes that is the whole thing of uh, of blockchain mm-hmm. yeah to make the the, the value easily uh, be transferred. Yeah. yeah, but the 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 counter argument is is that the fact that it's not transferable creates value for somebody else, which is you know the fact if you're a middleman in a market, for example, a media seller, your media network, you sell that. That's your job, and then you're coming in and you're saying, okay, actually, maybe we don't need these guys anymore. We can just go direct to the. We still need those people. Right. The the thing is, uh, for 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 the for blockchain, it's uh, when the when the value transferred, we don't need any middleman to guarantee. Mm-hmm. But as the information, for example, the place the use the previous example, the place to display all those uh, slots, they still need to need to have a centralized place to display those information mm-hmm. to make the buyer and seller know, to make the buyer know there's a there's a these things I can buy, but when I buy it, the the, the the transfer is just between the buyer yeah. and the seller. No middleman in the middle to guarantee right. the transfer. That is that is the same. So there's no guarantee, but the middleman actually is there to exchange information and yes. create the market of information rather so the than middle, the guarantee. Yeah. So the middleman in the whole system, they still create value. They yeah. still have their own uh, position. But the thing is that the, the value they created is not like a big as before. Because mm. before they they did in the middle to guarantee the transfer. Right. And they can charge. They a, were like the escrow of yes, the transfer. But, but now, now it's more more like an information. Uh, platform right. they will still exist but uh, just in a the different format yes right and they have to evolve otherwise they're getting in the way yes okay interesting victor just summing up the last uh you know the the last few years in your entrepreneurial journey you've met some amazing people you have an amazing team at the moment we saw the four founders there very sort of technical backgrounds yes you are expanding i guess as a company you're looking for new people you're yes. interested in you know, people who match the the mindset of what your Alpha Wallet is about. Yeah. So, you know, people watch this video, they it connects with them, and they want to reach out. So, just to kind of help those people understand what you're looking for, less necessarily in the hard skills, but more in the mindset of what you're about. Yeah. How would you sort of prepare those people in terms of you know help them? You know, get the 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 cultural aspect of what Alpha Wallet is. How, uh, you know, what kind of people are you looking for in that sense? Yeah, we have we have a vision. That is the uh, that is actually we have been trying to asking ourselves why we why why we want to do this, why we want to do this, and mm. go very deep. And finally, uh, we we come to a conclusion, which is uh, we we really want to see open and free competition in every market, not only in currency, 
in in a product, and maybe I don't know whether these things can be discussed on the on the on the radio. Like uh, even like a government, they right. should have competitions, because without competition, that then the the market won't go 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 to the right direction. Mm. So we want to bring competitions into every market, and before we don't have uh, such tools or, or such opportunity. Now we see blockchain can help us to achieve this final goal to bring competition in every market. By doing this, we believe they will transform the world into a, into a right. better way. So that is the deep, deep belief we have. And that is the core thing we can work together. Right. Yeah. Everybody would probably agree with what you're saying. How do you distinguish between those who simply agree and those who live it? That's the key, isn't it? Because anybody sitting here will say, yeah, I agree with the fact that we have to have more competition and competition mm. is good up to a point and we have to have this transparency and so on. But there are a group of people who actually, you know, they wake up in the morning and it's a part of their DNA. So how do you know that's the right person? I'm thinking those people you want to join your team. What are the telltale signs? What are the signs that that person really gets it? Like your, your, your team, the one who's actually read the the white paper end to end and digested it what kind of things are you looking for normally it's it's a uh, it's kind of uh, i don't know it's kind of my because my in my past experience i recruit the uh, i think over thousand people so right. so when i'm speaking with people i can i can easily see whether they have the bling bling in 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 their eyes when what I is that when i explain something right for example when i explain them what is the uh, integration on consumer and how it can bring the competition into different market then they, they start feeling very excited right and that is that that excitement uh, is this is the things i want to see mm. yeah you gotta have that excitement that passion for it yeah and also there's some small uh, like a uh, more more detailed skills how to find those people right the first thing is uh, we, we normally we will ask them do you are you holding any cryptocurrencies right. or are you holding any tokens if you say you are an early adopter or you are innovator but you 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 yourself don't even have anything then how you can prove that yeah this is a very easy put your money where your mouth is right yes this is a very easy easy way to test yeah and also we, although we don't force our our team members to accept crypto cryptocurrencies, mm. but we always offer. We we will we will we will ask him uh, if you really join our team. Do you prefer to uh, because we, you can choose? Do you prefer to receive fiat money or you prefer to receive uh, Bitcoin or or Ethereum? Yeah. Then we can we can tell from the answer. It's a test, isn't yes. it? Yes, it's a kind of test. Yeah. It's it. Are they really? in this or yes. are they just kind of in it because it's fashionable and trendy yes. or do they really believe yes fascinating excellent and you're fundraising at the moment what's your current situation mm, we probably will start another start a new round uh, uh, later but not okay. now yeah right so how many people in your team at the moment is that four currently that we, we have uh, seven full-time yeah including uh we four so that means four plus three full-time yeah. and we have another four which is uh, acting as a part-time yeah. And, and just out of interest, if, if somebody wanted to be part of your team, do they have to be technical? Could they be passionate about blockchain and Bitcoin? No, no, not have and to not, be technical. Uh, not understand what the hell is in that Satoshi paper? Yeah, because we have, a, a, as a company, it's not like a lab. We have a different part of a, a business unit. Mm. Of course, for the developer side and for the technical side, you have to have the certain skills. Otherwise, uh, it's, it's impossible for you to uh, take the task. Mm. But on the other hand, for example, we focus, we very focused on developer community. 
So that means we need help. We need we need people to help us to manage yeah. the develop and manage the community, and also we need people to to more people to understand and to know our technology and to know our company. And this related to PR uh, marketing. Mm. And on on the other hand, we have those the uh, technologies we want the normal developer to use. But we also want want some uh, business partner to do some experiment to start uh, prepared for the blockchains. Mm. So that that will require BD. So there there's many many different part. Yeah. Excellent. But the believe is the is the believe is the number one important thing. And yeah. the second thing is as a very small team, we need to feel comfortable to work with the uh, with such person. Mm. So uh, you have the believe, and you are, you can say you are the same kind of people. Mm. Yeah. And then. The last part is the is the skill. Whether you have technical skill right. or you have the PR marketing community BD skill. Yeah. Okay, Victor Zhang, everybody, Alpha Wallet. Before you go, Victor, I want to ask you a question. The question of the day, everybody gets this today. So, this is your question. What advice would you give to your eighteen-year-old self? And before you answer that. Can I ask you how old you are now? Because I'm 46, so I don't feel ashamed of sharing my uh, age. Yeah, this I, I born in uh, 1982. 82, so you're 36. Yeah. So half your age. What yes. advice would you give to your 18-year-old self, Victor? Whoa. Uh, play play less computer game. <laughs> learn, 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 learn more, really um, learn some real knowledge. Right. Yeah. But you have. You, you, playing the computer games got you here. But but it's, uh, I I I consider it's too much, right? A bit too much. I if I if I go back to see, I can see I I wasting so many opportunities. I wasting a lot of time. Wasting a lot of times. Mm. Yeah. So if I can go back again, definitely I will. I will learn some uh, real knowledge. Yeah. Can be really benefit for what what we are what I'm trying to achieve. What I'm trying to do now. Right. When you were eighteen, did you know you're going to be an entrepreneur? No. No idea. I born. In, I I start. I start with a very traditional uh, Chinese culture. Yeah. In in that in that culture, it's like uh, for the age like me, uh, our generation. Uh, even even when I in college, I still don't know what I want to do. It's like everything is like a, a study, 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 and then when uh, it's time to go to college, then my parents say that this is good. Okay, then go to this. This major is good. Then learn this major. I have no idea what I want to do with those all those. Uh, uh, all those uh, knowledge I I, I learned, mm. no idea. I don't have a clear picture. I I start getting that picture at very late stage. Yeah, so that that is something. How, how old were you? How old how old you were you when you knew you were an entrepreneur or wanted to be an entrepreneur? I think around thirty. Thirty. Yeah, around thirty. Before I just uh, try to make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and uh, after that I will start thinking. With all, all those money, what what I should do? Mm. There there should be something more, and also I want to achieve more. I want to really see there's something happened because of my effort, and it, and that thing not only happened in a small group like my family. I improved the the the, the living standards. I want to increase it. Yeah, maybe maybe in a in a large group of people in a country or or in the world. That is something I want to achieve. Mm. Is that what motivates you when you get up, get up in the morning? Yes. Yeah. Like I mentioned, the uh, open free market will definitely transform the world to a better place. And, and now since we have the, these technologies, although it's not ready, it's far, far more than ready. Mm. Many people say blockchain is, uh, can be used for this, that. No, it's, uh, it's very, very early stage, I can say. Although it's at very, very, very early stage, I want to be involved. Maybe later we failed. We are not the one who really create this uh, 
this effect for the for the globally. Mm. But I want to be part of it. At least I I, I have to catch this uh, this opportunity. Victor Zhang, everybody, Alpha Wallet. Victor, it's been a real pleasure and inspiring as well. And I really enjoyed sharing this moment with you and also learning a bit about your background. And I'm sure the viewers and the listeners have enjoyed it as well. If they want to reach out to you, what is the most effective way of getting hold of you? Yes, uh, you can reach me anyway, email, mobile. Yeah, I can give out mobile, mobile, no Put problem. all the details in the show note. Yes. Excellent. Victor, thank you for coming today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for hosting me. Excellent. Good.